keep Rayman Digital on the air by pledging to our Patreon page. Uh, your continued support allows us to continue to make great content and offer even better features in the future. Help us keep the lights on in the studio by pledging one to ten dollars a month. Go to patreon.com slash Rainman Digital to pledge. Warning from the back to tank contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. Workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a medical droid to help and heal you and I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Welcome, everyone, to Star Wars From the Back to Tank, the Bad Batch Edition. Here we are again. Welcome, everyone. Today, we are going to be discussing and breaking down the fifth episode of the first season of the Bad Batch, titled Rampage. So, this episode, fairly simple. There's nothing overly exciting about it, but it did deliver moments of fun, plus a little foreshadowing, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Oh, and by the way, hello, David. How are you? How's it going, everyone? And hello, Lauren. Hello. All right. So, yeah, a little foreshadowing, possibly. Uh, There were allusions to one of the Bad Batch possibly falling victim to the inhibitor chip, which we'll discuss in a bit. Omega is slowly becoming a full-fledged member of Team Bad Batch. Plus, how exciting. Mochi, the baby Rancor. <laughs> that is Wasn't just it something. Mochi? Mochi. Wasn't it Mochi? It's Mochi. Oh, what's Mochi? Isn't that that stuff mochi you, is you the... put in tea? Like Mochi and tea? No, it's that. Uh, no. Or, it's like a rice oh, that's cake. Bo- that's boba. That's boba. Yeah, boba. Yeah, that's boba. <laughs> that's tapioca. The mochi is like a like a sweet rice cake kind of thing. Like it's like a squishy like almost gelatinous kind of like rice it's it's really good it's made with like rice flour okay so so what is his name then i'm now really confused moochie okay well that was exciting right that's something i didn't realize i i ever (laughs) needed and i probably still don't need just call him luke's victim listen (laughs) oh isn't that sad (laughs) because that's the first thing i thought of i'm like oh he's kind of cute too bad you're gonna die. <laughs> Too bad. Now, 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 my we brain know, didn't go there. Now we know why the guy at the Return of the Jedi was weeping. Yeah, I mean, come on, he was nice. He this was whole a nice hardcore. no. <laughs> we raised you from a young, young rancor. I know, and I'm like, it does make it a little more sad. I'm not gonna lie, because even as a kid, oh, dude, even as a kid, I was a little bothered. That the Rancor died. Oh, not because he died, but when he did that that final little whimper. And then dies. And dies. I'm like, that's fucked up. <laughs> and now. Shame and, on you, Luke. And I'm sorry. Now, after this, see, I didn't feel sad. I felt, I kind of giggled, oh, unfortunately, because I'm like going, as they were walking away with Moochie, I kept thinking to myself, oh, Luke's going to kill you. Yeah, you're evil. <laughs> Jesus, calm down over there. Way too loud, Dave. And I was like, I, I hate to say it. My my wife actually looked at me and says, why are you laughing? And then all of a sudden I told her why. And she goes, 
You're you're sick. Yeah, you're not a nice guy, Dave. <laughs> you are awful. <laughs> you're an awful human being. I'm like, like, no, you know, Moochie grows up to eat people. Okay. You know, he has it coming. Listen, he needs to eat, Dave. Survival <laughs> the fittest. Also, also, he was he was raised to do so. How does he know that it's bad when? Bib and Jabba are like, hey, eat these people. Well, yeah. he, unfortunately, they should have taught Moochie that, hey, some things that you're going to eat are going to fight back. And unfortunately, if you fight the wrong thing, you're going to die. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You are way too, like, giddy right now over this, Dave. <laughs> you are evil. Like, you're actually happy. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm the type of person oh, that basically likes uh, kicking Ewoks. Oh, oh, so, uh, <laughs> okay. So, I I don't co-sign that. And also, listeners, I will give you David's uh, personal address later, and you can give him hate mail. Maybe even show up to his house. That's fine. I will say I I was a little I, – I did scream foul ball just a bit because Bib Fortuna, yes, that makes sense. People know who he is. But yeah. why didn't they use the Rancor Wrangler, the guy that actually cried? That should have been the guy that picked him up. That would have been a little more – that would have been consistent. on the nose, yeah. But the thing Not is... No, I felt like it would have been a little more consistent if, since he's the one who was the wrangler of the Rancor and um, and cried over yeah. his death. But also, it makes sense, though, for Bib Fortuna because he is the right-hand man of Jabba. Yeah. So what, what Jabba says, Bib Fortuna goes and gets it. Listen, after what they did <laughs> with him in Mandalorian, I don't give a shit about Bib Fortuna. I mean, they made him like a, a fat, has been Jabba looking motherfucker. I'm like, listen, I don't care about him anymore. And didn't him. you giggle when he was shot? I did. I did. All right. So this episode was directed by Stuart Lee and written by Tamara Betcher Wilkinson. The synopsis hoping to discover who hired Shan to retrieve Omega, the Bad Batch, go to Ord Mandel, a very popular planet in the world of Star Wars where Echo knows of a Jedi informant named Sid. Now, my memory failed me during this episode here when it comes to Sid. Have we actually seen this character before? Was this character in Clone Wars? I believe so, yes. Okay, because so. it seemed like they were, it felt like, it felt like I, I missed something because they said that this character had uh, a close relationship with the Jedi and they n- mentioned it numerous times. I just thought, okay, maybe there's something in Clone Wars that I missed because I don't remember the character. So this was the second episode in a row where we do see Wrecker struggling with a headache or some type of pain. This is most definitely connected to the inhibitor chip. I mean, as we know, the inhibitor chip, uh, the inhibitor chips within the Bad Batch have essentially malfunctioned and have kept the batch for the most part, free of any type of mind control. But that can quickly change. I mean, I keep waiting for Wrecker to be, like, like knocked out, punched just hard enough to where the inhibitor chip kicks in. Kicks in. In fact, I swore to God that was going to happen when he went toe-to-toe with the Rancor. I was like, okay, he's going to get knocked sideways, and that inhibitor chip is going to just take him over. And that's how the episode is going to end. I was waiting for it the entire episode. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the whole point about like Wrecker's problem has been kind of leading to that. Outside of that or something I've always felt ever since he's been experiencing the headaches, something bad is going to happen to Wrecker. Oh, he's, has the to. One, he's the one that I think the Bad Batch is going to lose oh. when it comes to losing their characters. 
Wrecker is one of those guys. Really? Because, like, especially when in that fight, when Tech basically makes the comment, he's not, he's not him, he hasn't been himself lately. And the fact that he wasn't able to go to toe to toe with, um, with the Rancor, and they were pointing that out. Obviously, that Wrecker's something's wrong with Wrecker. Yeah, it's going to obviously come back to bite us all, I'm sure. They're not going to keep saying, oh, I don't feel good. My head hurts or showing him do that and then not and 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 for them not to actually bring that back. That's that's awful writing. And that's so obviously we know that this is going to play a big part. When is it going to happen? I feel like that's the basis of suspense. It's not meant to be, oh, shit, a reveal that none of us saw is coming. They're using the idea that we see it coming, and that's what's building the suspense because it's going to end up happening during the most unopportune time. It's gonna ha- it isn't going to happen when he's sleeping. It's going to happen in the middle of a fight when they really need him, and boom, something's going to switch him on. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I'm thinking this might be when tech figures out how to alter or free clones. So whatever the solution might end up being, I personally don't think this is lights out for a wrecker. I, I think he's going to be one of the characters that are around for the long haul, at least for the couple seasons. So I'm, I'm assuming that tech is going to be the one that figures fixes out. wrecker. And then by <laughs> fixing wrecker, he then realizes that crosshair can also be saved. And if the writers are going for that more optimistic type end game, a scenario like that would work. I don't know. I don't really think I want to see anyone die. I don't think we need that. I don't know. What do you think, Lauren? Do you think we need characters to die in order for it to be good? No. I mean, I think that when characters die, it can be really impactful, but that's not the only way to make an impact. And I don't think that we necessarily need um a whole lot of death especially in the in the beginning of this show and not only that but so much death has just happened i think we already yeah. have the impact of all of the jedi basically yes. just getting slaughtered and and you know they don't let us forget it either there there was a moment this episode where it was just like oh the jedi trusted him yeah, you mean the Jedi that are all dead yeah. now? Like, damn, man, dial it back. We get it. <laughs> the only, but the but only... no, I mean, there's there's a huge impact there already from a lot of death. I don't think we necessarily need more. We already know these clones and and kind of everything surrounding this short era of Star Wars has plenty of tragedy and death already. Yeah. The, the only thing that has me concerned is, like, them falling into the trap that uh, I'm— I'm sure everyone here is uh, is familiar with the uh, the thought process of Filoni at the end of Rebels when he basically had to kill all those like inquisitors why because it was well that wasn't and the simple. that wasn't the end though that was like around so at the first second I think that season was the third second season yeah second season yeah but he had to explain why these people were missing and I'm I'm worried that Filoni's going to run into that same problem with the bad batch because he has to explain well, where the hell are the bad batch you know come come the new the new republic come come uh star the the first movie of star wars yeah new hope new hope yeah, no i don't disagree you are right in fact i believe we had tackled this topic during our first discussion for episode one like absolutely 
there's going to be some deaths. There's going to be some sadness. I mean, Filoni doesn't pull back from that type of stuff. The no. final season of Clone Wars had some moments of of oh, sadness. Uh, the Rebels, the way Rebels ended, had a lot of moments of sadness. So I'm not saying he's going to pull back from that. I feel like it's a little too early, like in the first season, to start killing off characters. Okay, yeah. And I agree with Lauren. Lauren is saying that there's we're there's a backdrop of death. We we're literally in the aftermath of of essentially genocide of the Jedi. Yeah. There's so much darkness and the Jedi Holocaust. Jedi Holocaust. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, the Jedi I like that. The Jedi Holocaust. We are in that aftermath. It's the the, the tone is already not super happy all the time, especially for those opening what three episodes that we had discussed. So I don't think we need more death to to add on top of that. However, down the road definitely could happen. I do think there's those moments of suspense that they're building and the possibility of losing crosshair and wrecker. That's just good writing. It doesn't mean it's it's going to happen. And same thing from the audience perspective. Many of us know, you know, many times things aren't going to happen. Why do you think TV shows can build an entire season on the idea that a character is going to die. And we're all stressed out. Oh, this guy can't die. We know he's not going to fucking die. There's three more seasons they got renewed for. Yeah. But the suspense, if the show is written well, then we all care about what happens to these characters. And that's definitely something that Filoni has down packed. Like he is a man that can build that suspense and rely on the emotional highs that he needs to, but that doesn't mean everything's going to be all doom and gloom. Remembering this is Star Wars ultimately. Yeah. So. So we were given a bit more on Finnick Shand. Uh, they fleshed out her backstory some, just a bit, which is fine. We don't need a whole lot at this time. And we know that she's essentially new on the scene, which I believe the three of us had theorize as much yeah. during our last discussion but she already has a growing reputation <laughs> whatever that means she's killing people yeah. um she's definitely not uh, an evil person per se but she's there's a lot to learn about this character the big question though that i focused on pertaining to who put the bounty on omega wasn't necessarily clarified in fact we have even more questions now because it turns out Shand is working on what they said direct commission. Now, presumably, that means she's working for a specific client. Yes. Why is that important? I think we can assume that there are not tons of bounty hunters after Omega, just Shand. Are we thinking there's another party involved that we're not privy to as of yet? Is that questions that entered your minds? It seems a little redundant, or I should say pointless, to create a mystery like this if it were simply the Kaminoans. That was the general thought I had last episode. Yes. That it was possibly the Kaminoans. I believe, Lauren, you had voiced a similar thought. But yeah. now that they're building mystery around it, when no mystery is needed... We already know the Kaminoans are connected to Omega. So if it was, in fact, the Kaminoans, it would just be stated. It would be stated, yeah. And that's yeah. that's what I kind of saw also because I was I was in the I, I was starting to get in the boat with you two about it's just the Kaminoans that are actually that hired Shad. Yeah. 
But why then, just like what you said, why keep the mystery then? There's no reason. There's no reason. We already know the connection. The only problem is, is like, okay, then my mind is actually drawing a blank for once when it comes to actually coming up with a theory of who in the world would actually be number one, know of Omega's existence. I think that's where the mystery lies, Dave, because you're right. Like, where does your mind go to then? Like, I'm, I'm fresh out of thoughts because at this moment, it could be anyone because we don't know Omega fully. We don't know who she is. If we understood her character through and through, we could start speculating. Say, well, this character would make sense. This group would make sense. But Omega is a new character. And because she's such a, a mystery, we don't know anything about her. And that's the reason why we can't really put together uh, a definitive, you know, list of names from the Star Wars world that would be going after her. Literally anything is possible. It's it's bizarre, too, because so, you know, you mentioned who knows of her existence. It's probably a really small list. Yeah. Not only that, who knows of her significance? Right. Because it doesn't seem like everyone, even like the clones, knew of her significance or that she's special other than like, oh, yeah, she was an experimental one and she... She's a medical assistant. You know, she right. she's not like us. She doesn't go into battle. So she helps out here with the medical stuff. They I'm sure they all kind of assume that it's just because, oh, well, she's still young and she's a girl and she's not going into battle, blah, blah, blah. You know, outside of the Jedi, um, as far as like humanoid people are concerned, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's men. It's the clones that are the soldiers. Yeah. So I'm sure they just kind of assume like, ah, she's just a kid and she was an experiment. Maybe she doesn't have the same stuff as us. I, who knows? Who could possibly know outside of the Kaminoans yeah. what she is capable, capable of. of? We don't even know as viewers yet what she's fully capable of. And the only things we or can. Or what her full significance is. The only things we can actually truly at this point within four episodes pull on is m- of anything of the mystery of Omega is one, her name. You could probably pull off theories based on how she looks. Maybe it's, especially since she's based on clone technology. We know that it's, that she's based on clone technology because of the Kaminoans. Then you have to actually go. Those are the only two clues that I could think of because Omega, her name itself denotes that she is the last of something or the ultimate of something. Yeah. Because that's what Omega means. Well, and that's why I feel like she's simply a clone from Django Fett's DNA because she's the last of the clones. Omega. She's the final, you know, what was it? The alphabet? Is that what it was? Omega yeah. is the final o- letter. Omega of the is Greek the final alphabet. letter of the Greek alphabet. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's- and they did say that they were working on, um, they, they did mention, you know, the deterioration of the original, yeah. um, like DNA sample. And now they're working on different experiments. So now it's like, whose DNA are they using? Yeah. So there, there are a lot of questions. I do like this. I do like the, 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 the web or the webs that Filoni just interweaves because there's so much. I, 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 and this is why it's so beneficial to do stories on new characters rather than doing things that we're all familiar with because we have these types of discussions. If this was a story about Luke or possibly Han or one of our, our legacy characters be like, yeah, we'd be, we'd be tying all those, those, uh, those strands of narrative to things that would very likely happen. 
Uh, but when we get a scenario like this with a group of characters that we don't know their fate, we don't know the fate of the Bad Batch, we don't know Omega or anything about her. And because of that, we have these great discussions and and theories because literally anything could happen with this character. Then would you expect, Mike, at the end of this season, you know, everyone throws around the the statement, we need our Luke Skywalker scene, uh, uh, right? I, yeah. Especially when it comes to Star Wars. Especially what happened. Do you think the Bad Batch needs a Luke Skywalker scene? No. I, I First off, I, I don't like. Not, not, I, not I know. actually Luke Skywalker. I don't know. get me wrong. I know. I mean like. I a, feel like we need to quit trying to outdo ourselves. Outdo ourselves. When you try to outdo yourself, you don't outdo yourself. You end up being hacks. And this whole Luke Skywalker thing is probably the worst thing they could have done. Just a I, side I, topic here. Listen, I enjoyed it. I fell victim to uh luke skywalker enthusiasm i peed myself just a bit <laughs> i giggled with delight um I, I that's all i could muster in the way of emotion yeah I, I urinated and giggled uh when he appeared but after that and it's all said and done i know that's disgusting lauren don't snicker it's very gross i have disgusting habits and i can't hold in my urine when i'm very excited okay you know, you could have left it as it was, but then you just really had to sell that you really did pee yourself. That's so disgusting. You really had to hammer that one home, didn't you? Yeah. So, but I lost my train of thought now. What was I saying? Oh, you were saying okay. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of people now keep going back to that. It's not exactly. even, it hasn't even been a year yet from it the time old, we saw that. It? And every, it seems like every conversation is about giving us that luke skywalker moment i don't need massive cliffhanger reveals like that all i need is a well thought out story it doesn't need to be some epic you know grand finale every time just give me a great story and guess what we'll all come back episode after episode and season after season so i just i don't want them doing a luke skywalker moment unless your writing dictates it I don't think a show like this even needs it, honestly. There is so much going on that we don't know about in this in this time frame. We don't we know close to nothing. And there's so many new things they can do opposed to just giving us a, a, a fan moment. And honestly, I don't think Filoni is that type of writer. Oh, no, absolutely. That's why I'm like, especially going back to like what we what started this, which is the Omega mystery. Is the Omega mystery worth that? Yes. And if anybody else was was writing this, you know, as, or I should say, you know, executive producing it as a creative producer, uh, then I might be nervous. But some of these theories that we're going to get into now from the fans. <laughs> okay. If they had their way, the show would be awful. <laughs> okay. So Omega theories are in and they're just as lunatic as you'd guess coming from a fandom that is easily excitable. And I'm including myself because I pee myself, obviously. <laughs> I'm very excitable. <laughs> Now, to me, this doesn't make a lot of sense. It's it's what we said years ago about the Force Awakens theories, Dave. <laughs> it's deductive reasoning gone awry. Gone awry. Hey, look, she has eyes. Guess who also has eyes? Palpatine. Oh, Palpatine has eyes. <laughs> yes. You know, the way her hair is cut. You know who else has hair that's cut that way? Palpatine. It's deductive. It's it's dumb deductive skills. It's people who don't have deductive skills and they just see the obvious. You know, hey, it's a circle. It's a circle. 
It's a square. It's like the kid that could do the basic chores in kindergarten because he understood the nuances of a fucking circle and a square. Oh, square. And these are the people doing these theories. So Star Wars fan theories have blown up when it comes to Omega and the Bad Batch. And the biggest one right now, Dave and Lauren, is yes. She is apparently, according to these individuals, a Palpatine clone. Because of the way her hair is styled and the way she stands. <laughs> and this is a theory. People are gravitating to this. Now, if this was a few years back, I would laugh and mock more than I'm actually doing because I would think nothing like this would ever happen. But then we see what we were given the rise of Skywalker <laughs> and the fact that she's not even really the granddaughter of Palpatine. She's actually the daughter of a clone of Palpatine. It just gets so convoluted <laughs> that suddenly I'm like, okay, well, maybe these fans have a little validity because they've seen other things they've given us. Exactly. But it, does anybody in this? Oh, stu- God, I forgot. I've been, I'm sorry. I'm sitting here in stunned silence because I forgot that was the thing. Yeah. That, that was like the detail is, uh, I forgot that <laughs> his quote unquote son, you know, was a, was a clone of him. I, for, I think I blocked that out uh, intentionally yes. because it's just so convoluted at that point. Well, remember in Rise of Skywalker, they breeze right by it. They like, here he is. Okay. Everyone move along. Move along. Don't question. <laughs> Don't along. question it. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Okay. We answered it though. <laughs> So does anyone actually, anyone in the studio actually want this to be, uh, let's, let's do two questions here. <laughs> yes. Do please. we want this to be connected to Palpatine and, or do we want her to be a clone of Palpatine? Lauren, why don't you start? Let me know what you think. I, God, uh, I don't know. I don't think that I want or need that at all. Um, I think we got enough of that in the Rise of Skywalker, and I think um, in the in the eloquent words of Kylo Ren, uh, "Let the past die." <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes, the world is so big. The universe of Star Wars is so big, and to just holy, oh, she's connected to Palpatine. <laughs> It just, I don't know if I need that. Uh, David, what about you? And if you think it's a good idea, Dave, I'm not going to mock you, Dave. I Just share your honest opinion, okay? No, no, no. I, I flat out think this is a horrible idea. It it really is. However, okay, like I'm devil's advocate right here. However, mm. for some Star Wars fans out there, this would help them with their little brains <laughs> to connect everything and make them happy. Right. Because especially from what I've seen the star Wars story group do now, especially like in the last star Wars comic uh, that everyone's talking about that. They basically came out and literally said that a lot of the clones were based off of Luke's hand and, <laughs> uh, and hey, wait, what comic book just did that? That was uh Star Wars, the main title. Uh, so they they they, that, they they basically came out and stated okay, they, they were using clone technology on Luke's hand, and that's where Snoke came from, apparently. Uh, oh my god, I haven't. Re- I'm behind. Am I, if this is the actual Star Wars title. This is the Star Wars title. I'm a little behind on that. I, <laughs> so hmm. so 
would you throw Wait, that oh, hold in on. there? So Snoke is Luke? That's what it was alluded to. Oh, okay. I got to look that up, but I so that, that now throwing that out there because okay. that just happened. Okay. But that's also then, not Filoni. I don't, I can't imagine <laughs> Filoni doing something like that. I, I can't either. I can't either. I, I wouldn't say Filoni I, is the only person that could stop the cycle of stupidity. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now listen, we've had similar. I don't want to talk as if I'm new to star Wars. There has been numerous things that are now retconned in the older EU days in the nineties where they yeah. did do some things that you could say <laughs> now in retrospect is convoluted. Yes. But that's also the nineties and we've matured a lot in, in the way we digest, or I should say not digest our appetites. Our appetites have matured as an audience, as a group. We expect a, even the people who aren't necessarily intellectuals and just average TV watchers and moviegoers, we have matured as a group. Yeah. And we expect our TV to be a certain level of maturity. And I don't think those elements from the nineties would necessarily work. And it does feel like when you introduce ideas like Snoke being a clone, essentially of Luke, that feels a little convoluted and a little pointless, just like the character Snoke in the last Jedi. However, when it comes to Omega, there's a few things. Part of me says it could work if there is some connection to Palpatine, not that she's a clone, not that she has any, you know, uh, connection in the way of, you know, familial connection. I don't, I don't want that. But if this could be a way to possibly connect Palpatine's cloning technology and the Sith arts that they talked about in Rise of Skywalker, uh, what are the dark medicine is what they called or Sith medicine. If, if this is a way to get us to that point and start explaining some of those a- avenues and possibly how Palpatine started to, to clone himself and why. Yeah. I mean, you can connect Sifo-Dyas and the creation of the clone army. You can connect all of that to that. Like this could very well be not only was it about creating a war, but Hey, also working on clones here for myself, trying to perfect it. I could see that working, but they have to be very fucking careful. Oh, they do. They do. I Otherwise, mean, it could be very laughable. It could be if very they go down that route. And think about it, Mike. Think about it. What we just stated, everyone's idea that Omega is Palpatine's clone. When you stop and say that. It sounds really dumb. That's why I say no clone. I don't care how they do it. It would sound, it would feel a little stupid at this point, but I don't mind them connecting her character to the creation of clones that end up being used by Palpatine. That would make a little more sense just because, hey, we're dealing with the the Kaminoans. The Kaminoans. They are directly connected to the rise of the Empire in, in, in almost every way. Now, one, one theory that no one's really talked about, but I have seen on a couple of forums that I do agree I do agree is better. Yeah. Is if she is a a clone, but she's a perfected clone. Now like say for example What if she's a clone of Ray? <laughs> the the idea that I particularly liked out of all the theory, the wild theories that were out there was that she's the perfe- she's still a clone of like Django Fett's DNA. Mm-hmm. but she's a clone that they adjusted to try to adjust her midichlorian count, which would make sense because mm-hmm. 
the the Kaminoans would try would use the DNA that's in front of them and say, hey, if we can adjust all these traits, can we adjust the metachlorian count to control the creation of a force? Uh, there you go. That's yep. that's can what we I'm t- make force sensitive force sensitive. Now that would make sense makes on sense. a lot of levels. But that's why I say you have to be careful, because if they're trying to build out this this ever growing connected world of Star Wars that they're giving us then it would make sense if they use this series to help possibly strengthen something that they are working on from the Mandalorian side. We know specifically uh, what, I forgot his name, the villain in uh, Mandalorian, uh, a dude from Breaking Bad. Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon. We know that Moff Gideon is is experimenting. We know that for a fact. We know that Metachlorians are a part of that story. Yes. We still don't quite understand fully what he wants with it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did I miss something? I, I can't remember now how that ended. No, but we still don't know. We why don't he quite was... know for sure what. Yeah, we don't. There he, were theories that he's actually working on this because of Palpatine. The only thing that was kind of basically stated was he was using met, the Metachlorians from Grogu to kind of affect his own troops. And that's why he right. came up with the dark troopers. We had, we had, wait, no, we had assumed that before we found out they were complete rope. They were basically they were complete robots. Yeah. They're that, that was the game changer. Or not androids, droids. Yeah. Droids. Essentially. Yeah. All right. So that's pretty much it from the theory stand point of things. We do have a little bit more, but nothing. <laughs> you don't want to go on the crazy for No, no, no. That That's the, <laughs> the one I wanted to mention because it's the one that is circulating all over the place. And, and shame on blogs for doing this and trying to get click-throughs. <laughs> Our thoughts on Omega. Like, we think she's Palpatine. She's Palpatine. That's awful. No, no. I, I, here's the thing, though, Mike. What's better? At least it's the Palpatine one. The one, that, the, the one I thought you were going to talk about was the fact that, oh, she's Ray's mom. David, no. <laughs> if she, David, stop. David, no. Ray's mom. That is so convoluted. It, it's so trying. It's trying too hard. <laughs> Quit trying to make Fetch happen. Listen, Ray came and Ray went. <laughs> she came. We'll probably never see her again because unfortunately no one really cared about the character. But like, she's Ray Skywalker. Now, if she was connected to Kylo, then we have a winner because everyone loves Kylo. He's the true breakout star of the entire trilogy. <laughs> All right, so this does take us to our final thoughts. Um, Lauren, why don't you give me your thoughts and your RMD score? Um, this episode, I feel like it was just a, it was a fun one. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It didn't ignore the overall story that's happening this season. Um, and it gave me one, one little, like, point where it made me feel like is omega going to end up being force sensitive um being a force user or or something of that level just her her intuition the way that she sees things notices things the bad batch don't um and kids are kids are pretty intuitive you know um when they're paying attention to stuff they tend to see things that adults might miss because they're busy complicating the matter but they're they're giving us all of these little hints of like oh hey she's magically just really good with a gun and she hasn't had the same training that the clones have had the other clones have had and like yeah some of it might be a a reflex or whatever from her genes but 
I don't know. I feel like they're they're giving us these breadcrumbs and maybe she will be force sensitive. So um so that's cool. And it feels like they're not ignoring the story of the show overall. But this was just kind of a fun romp through mishaps and weird moments and uh and little Easter eggs for fans of the franchise and of Star Wars, you know, like hearing hearing like was it Jabba's voice when Sid was was initially talking to someone? I feel like it was Jabba's voice. Um calling to be like, Where's my baby Rancor? Where where? Yes. where? Um but the the moment where I was like, oh, is this is this based on the age? Is this the Rancor? Is this the Rancor? And like it was fun. It was there were cool moments. I had a really good time watching this episode. Um and sometimes I think Star Wars fans as a whole can kind of forget that that's the whole point. Yep. So, um for me this episode was was solid. I'm going to give it uh I'm going to give it an, an 80. Okay. Uh David, go ahead. Uh I I 100% agree with Lauren. I mean, this this episode I feel was a breather episode where we didn't get a lot of detail, but they still continued the threads forward, which I'm glad they, because back in, you know, early clone wars, we'd have these filler episodes that mean nothing here. This is kind of like a filler episode that I'd expect from clone wars, but now they understand they still need to keep their narrative, their overall story narratives moving forward still. So throwing little hints that something's still wrong with Wrecker from the last episode showing that basically there is something special about Omega, but the bad batch, especially Hunter, who's kind of like become like that father figure to her refuses to see that what makes Omega so special, even though they're asking themselves what makes her special and she's doing it. But I think it's really masked really well in the guise of like what Lauren stated is like, we can assume that basically, Oh, she's a kid, you know, the kid kids just intuitive, just naturally. Okay, fine. And that's going over the bad batches heads because they've never dealt with something like this. Right. And I, and, and, I, and also we can all assume that it's possibly just in her genetic code that she is awesome. She's awesome. But we can also assume that even if it does end up being something more epic, like possibly being force sensitive. Yeah. And I also going on that note too, is I enjoy the fact that we're getting to see the bad batch in a situation that they're not used to. Like I appreciate the showing the fact that they can't look at it as they would back in the day when they're clone clone uh, soldiers, they're now having to be re- re- doing mercenary work. And that's like so out of their realm that they don't understand that. Yeah, they're out of their element. They're out of their element. And that, and I appreciate that because showing that continuation of that overall story narrative that started in the uh, two episodes ago, showing that they're out of their element, they have to adapt now. And overall, I would I'd give this a little higher of a score. I'm going to probably give this an 85. All right. So... I enjoyed the episode. It was a bit of a breather, I would agree. However, it's a breather done right. It does continue those 
necessary strands of story that we need to continue to add layers to, or at least, you know, peel back that onion. And that is what they did in this episode. So I can't complain. I felt like the episode was written well. It's not my favorite episode because it was a little more um, fun, I guess. And that's fine. I'm most people know that I don't like fun. You know, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm against fun altogether. Altogether. No, I, I enjoyed the episode. I thought it was just fine. And uh, I will give this an 83%. I will say that the baby Rancor bit did not end up being as awful as I thought it was going to be. By the end of the episode, I actually liked it. I thought it was going to be a Jupa moment, Dave. <laughs> you, you know, from you Rebels season, what, season three finale or premiere? Where the entire episode was uh, Rex and his group hunting Jupas. Like, what the fuck's a Jupa? (laughs) (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) No, this ended up being a a nice little story. And it did, like Lauren said, like people do forget sometimes what Star Wars is all about. And this to me felt like, sure, it may not be my cup of tea 100%, but this is, this is Star Wars. So 83%. This does bring us to the end of our discussion. I do want to remind people that we have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash Digital. Pledge $5 or more a month, and you will gain access to additional shows every single month. That's right. Every single month. Patreon.com slash Digital. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you. Thank you, David. Thank you. May the force be with us. Ah, yes. Ah!